Welcome to Misty 101. We hope that you enjoy this episode. Russia's Ukraine invasion date predicted as Putin knows Biden will back down. The Kremlin's anti-satellite test, Azat, this week blasted a satellite into 1,500 and forced NASA astronauts on the ISS to flee to their spaceships. Meanwhile, Russia is causing trouble back down on Earth too, as almost 100,000 Russian troops have been deployed to the Ukraine-Russia border, prompting fears of an imminent invasion. Brandon Weichert, author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, does not think these incidents are unrelated. He says there are going to be dramatic consequences right around the corner. He told Express.co.uk, I would say that. Russian President Vladimir Putin is a master strategist who is using all of the tools of statecraft to achieve his objectives. The dazzling Azart demonstration was a form of radical deterrence. Putin is saying hey, look, I know that you think you can stop a Russian invasion of Ukraine by flexing your muscles, but, what happens if I cut the tendons linking your muscles together? What happens if I throw sand in your eyes and cut off your ears while you're doing all of that flexing, America? And Mr. Weichert thinks that conflict is on the way soon, and he doubts that Washington will step in to save the day. He said, by debilitating or indicating he's willing to debilitate America's vital, yet vulnerable satellite constellations in orbit at the outset of any aggressive action against Ukraine. Putin is hoping that he can get the West to stay out of his way long enough for him to achieve his aims. Judging just how panic-stricken and confused our, the US, response to his dangerous Azart test was, I'd say that Putin knows fully that Biden and the Western alliance will back down once Russian tanks and little green men start rushing across the border. He added, and they will, soon because no one will stop them. Think of the Soviet Union's actions in Hungary. The same thing will happen with Russia in Ukraine in 2021 or 2022. The question will be, how much damage is the Biden administration willing to let America and her allies endure for the sake of a country, like Ukraine, which cannot be defended by the West unless the West is willing to go to World War III in order to stop Russia? The likely answer, ultimately, is we won't. Putin is banking on that. Tensions between Russia and Ukraine have been soaring in recent months after Mr. Putin decreased supplies of gas flowing into Ukraine. Mr. Putin has been accused by the Ukraine of weaponizing a gas pipeline, Nord Stream 2, that will transit gas from Russia to Germany, bypassing Poland and Ukraine. In the hope to avoid EU tariffs and speed up certification, he tightened gas supplies traveling into Europe through other pipelines, but the move backfired after German regulators suspended certification and have requested that German law will apply to the part of the pipeline traveling through Germany. Austria lockdown. Could the UK follow suit in targeting unvaccinated with lockdown rules? Austria has placed millions of people not fully vaccinated against coronavirus in lockdown as Europe becomes the epicenter of the pandemic one again. Anyone aged 12 and over who is not double-jabbed is now only permitted to leave their homes for essential reasons. An estimated 2 million out of a total 8.5M population have been impacted by the changes, 
Express.co.uk speaks to a virologist about the extent to which targeting the unvaccinated population could be effective or if these measures would work well in Britain. Unvaccinated people in Austria are only entitled to leave their homes for limited reasons, such as to work or buy food. Around 65% of Austria's population is now fully vaccinated, which is one of the lowest rates in Western Europe. The seven-day infection rate in the country now stands at 1,255.52 per 1 million cases according to our world in data as of the 15th of November. This is one of the highest rates across the continent. Like the UK, the nation has yet to reintroduce restrictions, despite health leaders calling for stricter rules including mandatory face coverings in public places. The measures, introduced on Monday, are aimed at helping ease the mounting pressure on hospitals. Chancellor Alexander Skarlenberg said, We are not taking this step lightly, but unfortunately it is necessary. Policing unvaccinated individuals will help to drive down the spread of COVID, as well as associated hospital admissions and deaths, according to Professor Martin Michael is a virologist and professor of molecular medicine at the University of Kent. He told Express.co.uk, although COVID-19 vaccines do not provide complete protection, they strongly reduce the likelihood that people spread the virus and develop severe disease. Currently, unvaccinated individuals contribute disproportionately to COVID-19 spread, COVID-19-related hospitalizations, and COVID-19-related deaths. If unvaccinated individuals are protected from COVID-19 infection by such restrictions, this will significantly curb COVID-19 transmission and reduce the pressure on hospitals. In Britain, Lockdown easing ended earlier this year and thus far no lockdown restrictions have been reintroduced. The UK has thus far vaccinated 88% of its 12 and over population with one dose, 80% with two doses and 22.4% with booster forward slash third doses. Professor Michael is said the virus cannot multiply as efficiently in vaccinated individuals as unvaccinated ones which means those vaccinated produce lower amounts of the virus and are therefore less likely to infect others. The UK government has already taken steps to protect its most vulnerable populations, by making vaccines mandatory for care workers and NHS staff. Those who do not have an accepted exemption reason for not getting vaccinated face losing their jobs if they do not get fully vaccinated. Take care when gifting money to family. 5 mistakes to avoid or risk losing everything. Almost 4 in 10 have gifted money to their children, handing over £20,000 on average, according to AKG Research co-sponsored by Canada Life. Yet 1 in 6 subsequently ran out of cash as a result. Here are five gifting and inheritance tax, IHT, pitfalls to avoid. 1. Gift too much money. Working out whether you have enough retirement income to share is tricky, said Sean Moore, tax and financial planning expert at Wealth Manager Quilter. You don't want to be generous today only to run out of cash later. The average single person needs to generate a minimum retirement income of £10,900 a year, or £16,700 for couples, according to the UK Retirement Living Standards Survey, 
so check whether your combined retirement savings will deliver that, or a moderate living standard, singles need £20,800 and couples £30,600, to be comfortable. Singles need income of £33,600 and couples £49,700. Can you gift money and still live the lifestyle you want? Only you can decide. Remember, once you have gifted money it is hard to get back. Your final years could be a struggle if you are too generous. To get hit by a care bill. An even bigger worry is that you will need nursing home care in later life but lack the funds to pay for it. The average nursing home now charges £888 a week, or £46,176 a year, according to carehomer.co.uk. UPAR calculates the average state in care is 801 days, which would give a typical total bill of £101,613. Would you have that to hand? If not, your local authority will use assets such as your home to cover the cost. Given the cost and uncertainty of care, Moore said, it is understandable that people may be reluctant to give money they need themselves one day. We lose half on divorce. Another risk is that you give money to a beloved family member who later divorces, so their partner takes half, or they die unexpectedly so your gift passes to a spouse, civil partner, which you may not want. Moore said a good way round this is to invest your gift into a trust. With a bare trust, beneficiaries are named and fixed, but the money may be included in any divorce settlement or bankruptcy claims. With a discretionary trust, funds are excluded from divorce settlements and creditors, giving you more control, Moore said. Gift made inside a trust will only fall entirely out of your estate for inheritance tax, IHT purposes if you live for another seven years. Health fears for confused President Biden, 79, after anesthetic. Fears were growing last night for the health of U.S. President Joe Biden, who turned 79 yesterday. One source who previously worked in the White House said, everyone knew President Reagan was losing it by the time he came to the end of his term. Reagan left office when he was 77. Biden is 79 and only in the first year. Increasingly looking weak and doddery, he is given to moments of confusion and prone to gaffes. Even his White House PR team can no longer cover up for his mishaps, such as nodding off during the COP26 conference, where he also broke wind in front of the Duchess of Cornwall. Political calamities such as the withdrawal from Afghanistan continue to haunt him. Former House Speaker Newt Gingrich summed up such fears when he said, It's sad and a little frightening that the Commander-in-Chief, guy in charge of nuclear weapons and who represents America, looks this confused, weak, feeble and uncertain. Poll last week showed Biden's approval ratings have plummeted to 36%, his lowest ever, with 53% believing he's not up to the job. To recent event bystanders watched as he was introduced to colleagues of 10 or 20 years standing without seeming to know who they were. Critics who once whispered about his mental deterioration are now openly saying he has dementia, possibly Alzheimer's. Point to the fact he needs cue cards to prompt him when meeting world leaders or facing the press. In September, 
Biden forgot the name of the Australian Prime Minister, calling him that fellow down under. Previously, he appeared to struggle to remember his defense secretary's name, calling him the guy who runs that outfit over there. One source who previously worked in the White House said, everyone knew President Reagan was losing it by the time he came to the end of his term. Reagan left office when he was 77. Biden is 79 and only in the first year. Now Meghan could be stopped from running for US president by a 200-year-old constitutional amendment. Duchess of Sussex could only be stopped from running for US president under her royal title by a 211-year-old constitutional amendment proposed to stop Napoleon's nephew from ever seeking power, experts have said. Little-known constitutional amendment could technically be revived to halt any serious attempt from the Duchess to run for high office. Although she has never publicly expressed a wish to run for president since marrying into the royal family, she has recently been cold calling US politicians to lobby for paid leave, and has campaigned to encourage Americans to vote. Biographers believe it is possible, even likely that she will one day run for office with one noting she is the embodiment of the American dream. Oil watchers and critics have argued her continued use of her title is inappropriate when it comes to political or business matters, which have seen her introduce herself as Meghan, Duchess of Sussex. Allies have always insisted it is simply her legal name, having changed it from Meghan Markle when she married, leaving her with no option but to use it. Constitutional experts said there was no technical reason why the Duchess could not run under her title, despite the lack of precedent and a very controversial decision. Pointed to an 1810 tweak to the Constitution, proposed and passed in Congress, called the Titles of Nobility Amendment. Stated that anyone who accepts, claims, receives or retains a title of nobility bestowed by a foreign power would be barred from holding federal office. Amendment was sent out to the individual state legislatures, and three quarters needed to vote in favor for it to become law. All 12 did, the required number at that time was 14, and the amendment never passed. It was never thrown out either, and has remained on the table for more than two centuries. Followed a period of nervousness in America, which was surrounded by foreign superpowers, Canada was occupied by Britain. Florida by Spain and Louisiana by France. Napoleon Bonaparte's younger brother Jerome had married American socialite Elizabeth Betsy Patterson in what was the sensational tabloid story of the day, and there was fevered speculation that their son Jerome might run for office and that the U.S. would be subsumed into the French Empire. Institutional experts have told The Telegraph that were the amendment to be revived. The 12 votes in favor are likely to still count, meaning that 26 states outside those which have voted already would be the new threshold for the amendment to pass. More intrusive than anything a royal would dare do in Britain. Wouldn't take long for people to look at this as an opportunity said John Cowell, the co-author of A History of Constitutional Amendments, The People's Constitution, 200 Years, 27 Amendments and promise of a more perfect union. Not aware of any precedent, where someone who is publicly known and publicly uses a noble title from another country has run for political office he said. Think it would be very controversial.
Britain has a very strong tradition of keeping royals out of politics and so this is perhaps more intrusive than anything a royal would dare to do in Britain. Ting with senators to lobby for a bill, this is her injecting herself into US politics. Things stand, the Duchess is eligible to run because she is a native-born citizen, but many questions remain unanswered, including which party she would belong to. She clearly seems to have progressive politics and so maybe she would run as a Democrat, but what if she ran as an independent? De Cowell said. You would have Democrats and Republicans all eager to prevent her from running by using this and there might be a rare bipartisan consensus if she were to run as an independent. There was a groundswell of demand for states to pick up the legislation and vote on it. The electoral map of America is currently leaning in the Republicans' favor. The state legislatures convene in January, 2022, almost all are out of session now. Republicans will control 30 states versus 17 for the Democrats. Three states, Minnesota, Virginia, and Alaska, control of the two legislative houses will be split. Timing could be an issue. Obstacle, I think would be just acting quickly enough, because you need to get 26 more states to ratify in what would probably be a short period of time. I would give this a fair chance of moving forward and maybe being ratified added Mr. Cowell. Being given the private phone numbers of Republican Senators Shelley Capito and Susan Collins she phoned them out of the blue to press her case for paid parental leave being signed into law. US does not have a federal paid parental leave program, and the Duchess said on an appearance on the Ellen DeGeneres show, I will do everything I can to make sure we can implement that for people. Effect of Duchess running for president possible and likely. Bauer, who is currently working on an unauthorized biography of the Duchess, told Closer magazine, the prospect of Meghan running for president is possible and I'd even say likely believe it's where she sees herself going. Scobsch, the co-author of the book Finding Freedom, the biography which the Duchess did cooperate with, said, Meghan is the embodiment of the American dream. Today we may see Meghan become president. Last year, one unnamed friend told Vanity Fair that one of the reasons she was so keen not to give up her American citizenship was so she had the option to go into politics. Chess would seriously consider running for president they added. Chess, who is expected to be in Washington in the coming weeks for a dinner with female senators who have backed the campaign for paid parental leave, may decide against a run for the top job. Early 1800s, the fears of Jerome Bonaparte's ascension were never realized. Dead. He became chairman of the Maryland Agricultural Society and founded one of the oldest private members clubs in America. Chess Hospital at center of cover-up claims after women died following repeated paracetamol overdose. Family of a woman who died after being repeatedly overdosed with paracetamol in an NHS hospital have demanded action over her death amid allegations of an NHS cover-up. Higginson a trainee solicitor and mum of two, died after seeking medical help for sickness and pneumonia. Died two weeks later from multi-organ failure and sepsis. In hospital, in Merseyside, has admitted to the overdose but denied it caused her death and rejects any suggestion of wrongdoing. Expert reports.
seen by the independent, including from a liver specialist, questions the trust's account of what happened, the quality of its post-mortem and concludes the mother of two who only weighed 36 kilograms suffered liver failure after too much paracetamol in April 2017. The dose mistake was recognized by staff on the third day but Laura's family were never told did not record the error as an incident and only started an investigation 14 months later when concerns were raised by Laura's family. Husband Anthony Higginson says the subsequent investigation report is littered with inaccuracies. Told the Independent, we just want justice, we don't care about money. Died needlessly and all these institutions charged with ensuring safe care and accountability have point blank failed and have rendered Laura's life as essentially worthless and that she didn't matter, when she did matter. On prosecution service, CPS, has confirmed it is considering whether to bring charges of manslaughter against the St. Helens and Knowsley Teaching Hospitals Trust, which runs Whiston Hospital after a file was passed to them by Merseyside Police. Is in making a decision about the case have prompted Laura's family to speak out. As mother Denise told the Independent she wanted justice. Said, we are being hindered at every turn, which isn't right. Hard to believe that nobody seems willing to move the case on, or even to make any decisions where to go next. This case is not unique. Dosing of underweight adults on NHS hospital wards was flagged by the Safety Watchdog, the Healthcare Safety Investigation Branch, in a report earlier this year. Been six incidents at the St. Helens Trust over the last four years where patients received a higher dose of paracetamol than they should have due to low body weight. Had a genetic disorder, called Gitelman's syndrome and weighed only 36 kilograms when she was admitted to hospital on 5 April 2017. All records show she was given six 1G doses of paracetamol over two days. Her weight she should have only been given 540 milligrams. Hospital has accepted Laura was given a third more paracetamol than she should have. Tests seen by the independent show Laura was in liver failure by the 7th of April, when a pharmacist requested a review. As discussed Laura's condition with specialists in Birmingham who advised the injury to Laura's liver was likely a result of a number of factors including toxic medication. Deteriorated and was admitted to intensive care and treated with antitoxicity medicine, but by then it was too late and she never recovered. Charles Milson clinical lead for liver disease at York Hospital, told a coroner after reviewing Laura's case in 2020, I have to conclude that liver failure was caused by the paracetamol overdose, this lady did receive a significant excess of paracetamol and that it was this overdose that caused the liver to fail and the sepsis resulted. Sis overwhelmed her, and death resulted. Acknowledged Laura had sepsis and existing liver problems but believes this was survivable without the liver failure caused by the paracetamol. The point where Laura or her husband told about the drug error and a diary kept by nurses in intensive care makes no mention of it or the antidote treatment, despite it describing lots of other treatments and reasons why Laura was in ICU. Higginson said, I'm ex-army, 
I did a tour of Belfast and I thought I had seen everything, but the way Laura died was horrible. Days solid, they were pumping her with too much for paracetamol. They're in the notes. They tell her. They tell us. The serious risk of death we could have brought the kids in to see her. Her of a legacy. Eves the hospital had no intention of telling Laura how sick she was adding, when they told me that Laura was dying I had to wake up my children at 11.30pm and drive them into hospital to say goodbye to their mum. But Evie, being on the bed and she held Laura's hand stroking her face, was shouting at the nurses is there nothing you can do and he was nine. Prepares you for that. Higginson only learned about the overdose of paracetamol when he was given a copy of a post-mortem report by his GP months after Laura's death. Played every minute of her death. Read the report he was shocked, when I saw what it said I knew it was wrong. Home and just broke down, I stayed up all night replaying every minute of her death. Parents had taken the couple's children camping in Anglesey but Mr Higginson could not wait down to speak to them. Got there, I passed it to Ian and I saw him turn purple in front of me. Nobody mentioned anything about paracetamol to us. Buying a pack of over-the-counter paracetamol and reading the symptoms of an overdose such as jaundice and throwing up blood, Mr Higginson realized this was what happened to Laura. Agreed to get the records first and see what happened then over the next two years we reverse-engineered a horror show. Little's post-mortem report concludes Laura's multi-organ failure was caused by micronodular cirrhosis in her liver, suggesting an underlying disease. The suggested staggered paracetamol overdose contributing to her liver injury is possible but difficult to prove with certainty. Post-mortem has now been criticized by a chief forensic pathologist, Professor Guy Rutti. To the hospital, seen by the independent. He raises the question why the autopsy was not carried out for a coroner and lists multiple mistakes including the wrong date of birth for Laura and her weight being 23 kilograms heavier than she was. Rutti criticizes general inaccuracies in the post-mortem and discrepancies with Laura's medical history in life. Who highlighted a failure to follow rules on samples being taken told the independent it had investigated Professor Arati's complaint with a clinical evaluation finding there were no major concerns and a referral to the General Medical Council, GMC, was not required. Hospital says it has documented evidence that the coroner at the time was informed about the paracetamol overdose. 2019 a second attempt to get an inquest by a second coroner was also rejected after doctors from the trust suggested the overdose was properly treated with an antidote and the effect was short-lived. Wilson told the coroner in February 2020 that the antidote to the overdose was only effective if given within eight hours and Laura had received repeated doses over two days. The overdose was what killed Laura, he added. The time delay means that it would have been practically of little or no use at all. After Mr. Higginson spent £8,000 on a legal letter challenging the coroner, was a new inquest opened. Earned in July last year while the police inquiry continues. Bill, principal lawyer at Slater and Gordon, 
representing the family said Laura's case had raised many questions that remain unanswered. Our own thorough investigation with leading experts will say the negligent, repeated administration and overdose of paracetamol caused Laura's death. Trust have admitted breach of duty and causation of some injury they maintain their negligence did not cause their death. And formal apology from the Trust's chief executive only came several years after Laura's death. Laura's family have had to wait an inordinate amount of time for the CPS to respond due to their own due process, the coroner will then need to reconvene before we are in a position to look to resolve the civil claim only serves to add to mental anguish, which they endure on a daily basis. Accepted there is no record of the overdose being discussed with Laura or the family and it has admitted an incident report should have been filed at the time. The independent the member of staff responsible was unable to explain why this wasn't done. Person for St. Helens and Nosley Teaching Hospitals Trust said. The Trust offers its sincere condolences to the family of Mrs. Higginson. The Trust was made aware that she had received a higher dose of paracetamol than that which was recommended for her low body weight, we responded openly and honestly. Instigated a full and thorough investigation informed by independent medical experts. Noted that any effect of the paracetamol dose was transient and did not contribute to Mrs. Higginson's death. Side police and the coroner's service for Sefton, St. Helens and Nosley declined to comment. We hope that you have enjoyed our podcast for today and we thank you for your support. See you again next time.